It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.07 on a Saturday morning, 72 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden, my friends. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful with your landscape. No matter what you're doing, if you need a little bit of help, a little bit of advice, 404-872-0750. Let's go to the phones. We've got lots of people in line this morning. First in line is Jim with his question about nut sedge. Hi, Jim. Morning. Hey, Jim, pick it up. There we go. How you doing? Yes, uh, Walter, nice to chat with you. Um, I have a question regarding the best way to remove uh, nutsedge from uh, uh, variegated liriope. Ooh, Jim, Jim. And that's a toughie. Yeah. I tell you, the stuff that I know will work, it may not work on every species of nutsedge. There's one that's well, they call purple nutsedge and yellow nutsedge. Uh-huh. And it works pretty well on both of them, one better than the other, and I can't remember which is the which is the better one. Nonetheless, the the product is called Image for Nutsage. That's just the name of it, Image for uh-huh. Nutsage. Right. So go to a garden center, go to Pike, and say, I need Image for Nutsage. Um, spray it on there, and it will take, ooh, Lord, Jim, it'll take sometimes three weeks before you really see any damage to the mm-hmm. nutsage because it's absorbed through the roots, so it has to be watered in, rained in, or get down into the root system of the of the weed. Right, but it will give you probably eighty to ninety percent control, and then one more time, sometime in August, I'm guessing is when you'll start seeing the ones that have survived will still be there and be green. Maybe one more application in August, mid-August would be fine. I see. Uh, I've used another product as well, a sedge ender. Yeah. Uh, but it it tends to uh, um, uh, burn the the liriope. Now the image and, uh, is a different different product. Sage ender is halosulfuron, and uh, image is imazequin, I think, with okay. different chemicals in the two of them. And I think try the try the image instead. Okay, great, Walter. I appreciate it so much. Good talking to you, Jim. Thanks for calling. Yes, yes sir. Bye bye. We'll see you soon. We got, uh, let's see, James. It was Jim, and now it's James. Hey, James, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Doing fine. How can I help? All right, I've got monkey grass, the green kind. Yeah. They're just plain green, and then i got the monkey grass. It's got the light-colored strip in the middle. Sure, yeah. And green on the outside. All right, these people I work for, they want me to pull grass. I can't pull the grass out. I can pull the tops <laughs> of the grass out, but I need to get rid of the grass. Oh, period. James. And I used image, and it didn't work. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what you said, what they want you to remove is the green monkey grass and leave yeah, the very no, good? just regular grass regular that's grass growing grass. in them. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, what happens on mine, I have some very, the stuff that you have has the stripe down the middle, the white in the middle. It's called variegated monkey grass, and I have some underneath my cherry tree. And it yep. will, over the years, revert back to its solid green leafed parent. So I have a mixture yep. now, green and, and variegated monkey grass there. What grass is in the monkey grass that needs to be removed, James? It's just regular growing grass. Yeah, but fescue, bermudas, oysters, um, some other kind of grow by hand, <laughs> if you don't know what it is. Yeah, well, it's... Um, it's a sodded yard, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe but... Bermuda grass. Tell you what, do yeah. James, go look. The the same product that I recommended to the fellow just now, the um, um, 
Image. Image, image, right, thank you. Uh, the image is labeled for use on Lyrio. I believe, look on the label and read it, make sure I'm right here. It's for okay. use on Lyrio to remove some grasses, and it may be the stuff you need to remove the grass you're trying to get out of the bed right. there. But All try right. well, and, I'll find it. I'll find out what kind of grass it is, and I'll yeah. call you next yeah. weekend. Try it on a small area if you want to just not call on. Try it on a small area first to see if it works. Yes, and if it does, then you're good to go. All right. Thank you, sir. You bet, James. Thanks for calling. We got uh, Patsy for the question about roses this morning. Hey, Patsy. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. Thank you so much for getting up so early every so Saturday to help us. It's sort of fun. <laughs> <laughs> How can okay. I help, Patsy? I have this rose bush that my grandmother had. And she had a bunch of roses, and when I got married 55 years ago, yeah. she gave me a cutting from my favorite rose bush. And everywhere I move, I take it with me, mm -hmm. and I prune it back every February, except this February. Yeah. And I guess it got mad at me because it tripled in size, Ooh. and it's all the way up to the gutter now. Wow. How far and when can I cut it back? Healthy roses are generally, you can prune them to just about wherever you want to prune them. A healthy rose can recover from almost any kind of pruning. Now, sometimes the pruning is affected by when it blooms and, you know, when you want flowers to come. Yours has probably already flowered, hasn't it? It has. It's yeah. just about finished. Yeah. So if it's finished now, gosh, Pastor, I could go at least, if it's up to the gutters, that's what, 10 feet high? I could go at least down to five pretty quickly. I don't think it'll hurt okay. it at all. I just didn't want to kill it. I would have to sit and cry forever if I did. You, as long as you just make sure you water it. After you prune something, it makes a lot of new growth. You knew that already. But when it makes new growth, it requires more water. It's just a natural okay. way a plant is. And so if it were to turn dry and be really dry in June and July as it recovers from your pruning, just make sure it doesn't dry out. I can do that. All right. <laughs> then we're home Thanks free. so much, Walter. You bet. Thanks for calling, okay, Patsy. Thank you. Bye. We'll see you. Thank you. We've got, let's see, oh, we're doing great this morning. John, 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 John. Join us on Lawn and Garden. John. Hello. Hello, Walter. Hey, John, what's up? John? Uh, yeah. yeah. I've got uh, some uh, seed that I harvested from my daffodils oh, that's uh, great. when they uh, grew back. Sure. And I've got them in this little uh, oh, pan with the uh, peat moss mm. uh, blobs in them. Yep. Uh, to see if I can get the seed to uh, germinate. Okay. And uh, they've been in there a little over a month and was just wondering, uh, uh, am I chasing a, a dream here or are they going <laughs> to, are they uh, eventually going to uh, germinate and I can go into the long process of growing them back to a full size uh, plant? John, a lot of people don't know that daffodils have seeds. Tell tell everybody what you did to collect the seeds from the daffodil. Well, uh, I just waited uh, until the uh, uh, plant with the bloom on it uh, was pretty well dead brown. Right. And uh, the the ones with the little fat uh, bulb there at the, pod, at the base, sure. yeah, at the base of the uh, flower. Uh, Cut those off after they were good and dry, mm -hmm. and just shook the shook the seeds out of those little uh, dried up uh, seed pods, right. and uh, put them in uh, each each seed in one of these little. Uh, uh, 
peat moss. Oh, wafer, wafer, name for wafer, Jiffy, wafer Jiffy Pot, moss. I think is the brand name for those Jiffy Pots. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, right. That's yeah. it. Exactly. And they've been in there for a little over a month now, and uh, uh, they're not pushing the tops off. And in fact, they're not even coming out of the. Where, where are you uh, keeping the moss. Jiffy Pots? Are indoors, outdoors, or what are you doing with them? Uh, indoors. They're here in the kitchen. Hmm. It might be a little cool inside, John. Well, I keep it uh, fairly warm. Well, how cool is cool? Uh, oh, if it's 72 degrees, I would think 72 would be a little on the chilly side for seeds to germinate. I'd rather, I think, go, let's t- put it outside. There's no reason oh, okay. in the world. Heck, the low at night is 70 or 72 degrees, and the high during the day, of course, is 80 and 90. And I think a little warmer temperatures might be what the seeds need to get a little impetus to start and germinate. Okay. All right. That's what I was looking for right. was uh, just trying to make sure that uh, something uh, eventually was going to happen with these. I don't know if you are like me, John, but I'll tell you, sometimes when I put pans and things like that outside, I'll forget to go and empty the pan after it's rained, and it'll get full of water and things inside will rot. So do be careful. Don't let it fill up with water after a rain and then not I'd empty it out pretty regularly. Okay, well, it's got a cover on it, uh, so okay. uh, you're fine. Then. Uh, hope, hopefully, that will take care. I appreciate the help, Walter. Thanks hope for you have a great weekend. You bet, John. You too. Okay, bye bye. We've got uh, Diane. Diane joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Diane. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? So the basil plant has holes in the leaves, right? Yes, I just put it in a day or two ago, and I went out to order it this morning, and something has been eating on it, and I want to know what I can spray on it. Typically, the holes in the leaves are caterpillars, little tiny caterpillars. They don't have to be very big to eat a pretty good-sized hole on the leaf. And actually, that's good news because caterpillars are easily controlled with an organic spray that doesn't hurt people, and you didn't plant that basil for Good. ornament, you plant it because you wanted to make pesto. You want to put it on your tomatoes exactly. and make a little caprese salad and all that. So the stuff to use to spray organically to, to control caterpillars is called, we abbreviate it to BT, Bacillus thuringiensis, but BT is what you look for. When you go to a garden center, go into pie and say, hey, I need some BT for caterpillars. And they'll show you the, the product on the shelves. There's several manufacturers that make it. And um, mix it up, and you might only need a little bit because you're just spraying the couple of basil plants that you have. So maybe just a, you'll have to read the label to see what the dilution rate is, but just a little bit in a, in a sprayer, a little trigger sprayer would work, I guess. And spray underneath the leaves, and that's where the caterpillars will hide during the day. And Can get you underneath name there. any particular um, brand? Because yeah, I'm there was not one called Caterpillar Killer, part. Caterpillar Attack was another one, Dipel is a third. Those are the three I remember. Caterpillar killer, caterpillar attack, and dipel. All right, caterpillar attack, dipel. But again, I on will, the, on the label, it. How long, um, how often should, well, I just need to read the label as to how often If I the need caterpillar to do it eats it, back. he'll be a dead caterpillar. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, okay. Walter. Have a good day. You bet. Thanks for calling, Diane. Once a caterpillar has eaten BT, he just shrivels up, turns black, and hangs from the leaf. You'll want to wash it off before you do any cooking with that basil leaf, of course. But BT, deadly for caterpillars, harmless to humans, birds, anybody else that's not a caterpillar. It's 818 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. 
little great garden music for your Saturday morning. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today and tomorrow, about the same weather-wise. Today, highs 90 degrees. Tonight, 70 is the low. 30% chance of rain both days. Tomorrow, high of 90 and low of 72. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Dave joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Dave, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Thank you. Yeah, what's going on, Dave? I have an enormous amount of horse nettle in my garden and yard. Yeah. Man, I hate That's that stuff. Yeah. I, my neighbor Gus and I were in his backyard yesterday, I guess it was, and he pointed at it. It was some in his little ground cover he has at the back. And he looked at it and said, what is this stuff? I hate it. And I looked at him and said, I hate it too. We both hate it. And the reason I hate it, Dave, is because when I was a kid on the farm, you were barefooted a lot during the summertime. And horse Whoa. nettle was a meanest dang thorn, sticky foot on it, and just say an ugly word right there. Ooh, I hate it. So get rid of it. Let's get it. What we're going to do. It is a perennial plant, number one, which means that you cannot control it just by spraying it one time. Roundup probably does a pretty good job in controlling it as a perennial, but digging it up is permanent. So I have mostly of mine that I have, I've dug, and I advise Gus to do the same for his in his backyard. If you want to try Dave's spray with Roundup, then that would be my first choice. Well, for years, I've just pulled it up out of my garden. But, with gloves uh, on, yeah. Go it's got a big root system. Yeah, yeah. you go, go down and grab it at the ground. But yeah. uh, I just wanted to selectively spray it here and there just to try to kill it. What's it growing in? What other plants is it around it? Uh, it grows around my Lenten roses and hostas and yeah. all around the yeah. yard. It's going to be tough to either pull it with a gloved hand or down at the base. Like you say, there's not many thorns down there. Or I don't know that you're going to be able to protect the Lenten rose and other things without getting some spray on them with Roundup, certainly. So right. I don't have a selective spray for you other than just be careful or dig it up, pull it up, whatever you can do. I, I've heard you tell people to brush some on here and there. Yeah, like, you know, that's not a bad here, idea. Can I do that? And yeah. It, yeah. Maybe... And what I would do to brush it on, <clears throat> because you don't want to have the brush press down onto the Lenten rose or to the hostilies that are underneath the, the horse nettle. So you still you use a plastic glove on one hand. I put it on my left hand. Use a foam brush on my right hand and brush it. Use my left hand underneath the leaves of the horse nettle and brush the roundup onto the leaves. Using my right hand to do that. So a two-handed process. Also, I knew a guy one time who said that his his smart idea was that he took a sock and put it on his hand after he put a glove on his hand and dipped a sock in the roundup. He used a sock up and down the stems. So he thought that did a great job. That might work for you too, Dave. It's and if I just get a dab or two on some leaves, that'll be good enough? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Doesn't hurt at all. Thanks all right. for Thank you, Dave. Walter. We'll see you soon. It's 828. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.36 and 73 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden, my friends. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your garden. All you have to do is call me, 404-872-0750. We'll be on the line with Mickey Gasway in just a minute. Right now, first in line, let's go to Curtis, who's here. Hey, Curtis, good morning. You're What's going, yes, Curtis? Uh, uh, my wife planted some ivy in a pine island, and the ivy has 
started going nuts and running up the trees. Yeah. Is there any way I can keep the ivy and stop it from running up the trees without clipping it all the time? No. <laughs> There's one word answer for you, Curtis. No. Uh, but it's not terribly hard. I mean, it's not growing a foot a day or anything like that. You go out there once every month, once every two months even, and just clip it and keep it from running up the trunk and just let that be part of your maintenance of the of the lawn and the landscape out there. Okay. That's all you Alrighty, can do. Alrighty, I was just hoping there was a simpler way because it's go uh, running up about four trees and I can clip till I'm crazy. Well, it doesn't take that much, but if you, yeah, if you get it done once, and sometimes if you clip it off the tree, it'll take a month or two, Curtis, before it all dies, but finally it'll die. And once it has, okay. just keep it off the bottom, maybe make a donut around the trunk a little bit with a weed whacker or something like that. As long as you keep it away from the trunk, it can't climb, and then just every once in a while, check it, make sure it hadn't got ahead of you and gone up a crack or something like that. Okay, thank you, Walter. You bet, Curtis. Thanks for calling. The number is 404 It's not the number that Mickey Gasway called a minute ago, but she's on the line right now. Hey, Mickey, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Good, 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 good. So let's get to business right now. We have a right. weekend prize pack. or Not a weekend prize pack. we got a pipe <laughs> pick of the weekend. <laughs> We've already given away the weekend prize pack. That's right. The and the pipe pick this week is coleus. That's one of the best-looking plants of the whole summer. I know it. And it just stays pretty for so long. That's what I like about it so much. Do y'all still have the under the sea? Some of the yes, under the sea we do. Under We've got oh, under the sea king crab and uh, under the sea bonefish and under the sea king of copper something. I, I wrote it down, those. but I can't read my writing. I love those. I think they're the greatest looking coleus in the whole wide world. The colors are great on number one, but the leaf form number two is just just They're funky looking, too. Yeah, they really, really are. Really, I agree. And the other good thing about coleus is it used to be grandma would only ever put coleus up underneath the trees, the up underneath shade. the shade, places That's like that. Right. But a lot of these coleus can be out in the sun, lots of sun. Yeah, more and more of them are in the sun, and they're brighter and bigger. And to me, they look so good with the other plants. They show off the other, the flowering plants. Yeah, I guess so. Um, what other, do you have other varieties besides There's one called lime. There, there's one called a uh, I wrote some down. Wasabi. Okay, okay wasabi. Um, that's what I'm thinking of. And and, 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 and lime thyme, and dark star. Mm -hmm. We've got all different kinds. And there's one, and it's not labeled as such, but it really is it. I think there was a patent thing or something. But anyway, it was. Uh, it's called Alabama Sunset. Uh -huh. You remember that one? That was an old time one. That's one of the first ones that came out. That's an old time yeah. one, and now they're not labeled anymore. But if you look up Alabama Sunset on your phone and then you look, you can see it. And it's beautiful. It's one of my favorites, of course. What about Kong? We got Kong coleus? We've got Kong juniors, which aren't quite as big as the Kongs, but they're almost as big, and they just show up so good with those great big leaves. Now, those need a little more shade. Uh -huh. They'd rather not be in full blazing sun. And I think it says two to four hours. My experience those. with Kong was sometimes when the rain would get on the leaves, it would flop over some, too. So Kong... Kong Jr., Junior. you said? Kong Jr. would probably be a lot more, less, less likely, let's say, to flop. That'd well, you know, idea. I've got some Kongs, and they're in with, in a real, sort of a crowded bed, and the other plants in there hold them up. <laughs> and they look, really do look pretty. I, I love all the, the Kongs yeah. and Juniors. Do you fertilize yeah. your coleus very much? 
I'm not a very good fertilizer, Walter. Um, so they get watered when they get fertilized when everything else gets fertilized. <laughs> I fertilize them when I put them in, uh-huh. and then um, I give them a shot. You know, probably the end of the month I will again, and that'll probably be it that'll because I be. use a slow release when I first plant. Yeah, I use Osmocote or something like that yeah. when I put it in, or maybe the, the uh, Doctor Earth starter yes. fertilizer. One or the other would be all I would use. Yeah, and then sometimes I may give them, if, if, if something else in the bed looks a little tired, I'll give them a shot of miracle Grow or something like that and perk them up. But, and I do keep them, when they, you know, they'll, sometimes they'll try to bloom, and I do keep those pinched off, and yeah, that seems to help idea. a lot. And even another project, if a parent has an idea of, of something, or has a need for doing a project with a kid during the summertime, one of the things you can do with coleus is pinch uh, or cut off a cutting about four inches long, and put it into a glass of water, put it in a windowsill. They root just like a weed. They root very, very easily. Oh, I know fun. it. I know it. I wanted to show a kid how easily they root. Have the little let, two of you get out there and cut them and put them and see how they root. Let me tell you another thing to add to that um, uh, project is try one in clear glass with uh-huh. water and try another one with green glass and water. What will happen? Anytime you're watering in, um, in, with water, and I read this, Gertrude Jekyll, that's who this came from, um, and it's something I read years ago, but it does green glass, they'll root faster than they will in clear glass. Huh, how about that? That's a great experiment. Just, so it, it is. Good for you. All right, so next week we have the seeds class with the green thumb kids in the neighborhood that go to the seeds class at Pike Nursery. Right, and we had we had so much fun last week with the worms class. Kids <laughs> love worms. That was so much fun. So the seeds is going to be fun this week too. So I hope everybody will come to that. Those are just at like four different stores. So go on, you can go and you're playing the dirt, and it'll tell you. Yeah. All right. So it's ten o'clock on Wednesday morning, but you do need to pre-register for it because they need to know how many people are coming before That's you right. show up with all the kids that you want to go to the class there. And that's right. And the next week is butterflies. Oh, that'll be fun, too. That'll 20th. be fun, too. It, we really have a good summer. time with the kids in the yeah. summer. So, Mickey, let's reiterate. Coleus on sale this week. All the different kinds of coleus on sale. 20% off, or is it just a straight sale 20% on coleus? 20% off. 20% off. 20% off on all coleus plants. Sun, shade, colors, shapes, all the things you need for a good-looking plant to take some pressure off the other flowering plants to start flowering. Now you got the leaves that will stay with you all through the rest of the season until frost in the, in the fall. That's right. And the seeds class is coming up week and Wednesdays. We're pre-registered for that. And if you wanted to find a Pike Nursery location in Atlanta, where would one go? At PikeNursery.com. Yes, indeed we would. It's great talking to you, Mickey. I'll see you next you have Saturday. have a great day. See Bye. See you soon. 404 is the number we got. Let's see. Scott is in line. I'm trying to get everybody that's doing way the longest here. Scott, good morning. Hi, Walter. Good morning. Hi. How can I help? Uh, I've got a, a problem with deer, and I just want to know um, they're eating my hostas. They're not wow. touching the neighbors at all, so it's kind of <laughs> perplexing. So I just want to know. If I could use or how effective concentrated garlic oil mm. is for deer and then, you know, other pests for tomatoes and things like that. For, I wonder first, if it's just like a catch-all. Let me assure you, Scott, that once they've eaten your hosta, they will definitely go to your neighbor's hosta. Don't let your neighbor <laughs> lord it over you and say, oh, I, you know, I'm a better gardener than you because the deer don't eat my hosta. Deer eat hosta anywhere. Daylilies oh. and hosta, their favorite foods, they'll eat them up. And they just found yours first, so they're eating yours, and then they're looking over the property line and saying, oh, look at the guy over there. Let's see what he's got. Let it go for a little bit longer. 
Yeah, things that smell, garlic oil, uh, some of the repellents you can buy at the store have rotted, rotten egg solids in them, so they smell a little bit like rotten eggs. Uh, milorganite fertilizer, anything that has a smell is going to deter a deer because it changes their environment. And they think any change, it might mean there's a predator, it might be a hunter or something like that around. So garlic oil, yeah, will stop them for a while, but it's not going to stop them permanently. There's not one uh-huh. yet discovered that will make a deer not eat a hosta if it's hungry enough, number one, or if it hadn't gotten used to the smell, number two. So I don't have anything to protect them other than fencing or something like that over the top. Okay. Uh, but the garlic oil, is that good for tomatoes and tomato pests as well? It'll sure make your tomatoes t- taste very Italian. It sure will. <laughs> um, I don't think I put it on the leaves of the plant unless the label specifically says can be put on the leaves of the plant. You might want to use little sachets and hang them around to sort of make the area around the tomato plant smell bad. Put it on your tomato cage and things like that. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank Thanks. you. Great talking to you, Scott. Thanks for calling. Welcome. Bye. Comes now, Mr. John with his peach tree troubles. John, what's going on with the peach tree? Good morning, Walter. Good morning, John. I live here in Marietta. I planted a uh, Alberta peach tree last spring. My wife wanted some peaches. Um, of course, didn't have anything last year, and I know Alberta. I think it's around 800 chill hours every winter. I might be yeah. wrong about that. Yeah, you're right. Of course, this past winter we had a pretty good uh, cold winter with the snow and everything. Uh, this spring, I had a ton of peaches on that thing, and every one I'm rotted on the tree. Ah. And I'm not sure if it's just too, uh, the tree's about roughly six feet tall now. Uh, is it just too immature to support? I should have picked the peaches off, or maybe half of them off, or what? Yeah. If they rot it off, if they truly turn brown and rot it off, then yes, they did. you have learned the lesson that many peach tree growers learn, which is if you're not spraying them regularly, you are going to have brown rot, and that's what you have more than likely. There's a, there's very, a very common peach disease called brown rot. It starts in the spring when the peach tree was blooming. That's when you have to start the spray program. So you start in the spring when the blooms are open. You spray with captan, the fungicide then. It helps to protect the blooms from being infected. And then spray another time when the blooms are just falling off the tree with fungicide, captan again. And then C-A-P-T-A-N, captan. Once when the blooms are open, once when they fall, and then you start spraying with an insecticide once the bees are out of the way. You spray with an insecticide, and the insecticide gets the coculio and two or three other bugs that can cause rot on peaches as well. But since I don't have a lot of time here, John, let me just refer you to my website. Type peach in my website. Type peach, and there'll be a whole series of, of pages on my website. Peach spraying, peach IPM, peach uh, coculio, peach brown rot, peach everything. They'll tell you all you ever need to know about the diseases they get. You've got to spray peaches if you want to have a consistent harvest on them. You're the man, Walter. I appreciate it so much, sir. Take yes, care. Yes, sir. Thanks for calling, John. Sorry about the peaches, though. It's 848. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. I don't want to wonder if this is a blunder. I don't want to worry whether we're going to stay together till we die. I don't want to join. And the quick weather update 
break brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, tomorrow, about the same weather both days. 30% chance of rain. The high today, 90 degrees. Overnight, low of 70. Tomorrow night, tomorrow day, 90 degrees again. Tomorrow night, 72 is the low. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Wendell joins us. Finally, Wendell, you get your chance to be on the air. Sorry for this long wait there. How can we help, Wendell? Thank you very much, sir. Yeah. I had several trees cut down about five, six years ago, and uh, mostly pine, and they're deteriorating well. Yeah. But I got a sweet gum, three sweet gums, and a persimmon. And I want to know if there's something I could put on them stumps and make mm. them dissolve. I will tell you many things that I've heard, Wendell. There's one guy that said he puts buttermilk on his stump. All that does is bring flies, I believe. It doesn't do much for the, <laughs> yeah. the stump. Another guy puts, uh, he drills holes in the stump, puts fertilizer down it, and that's fine, but it just wastes the fertilizer because it doesn't make the stump deteriorate any faster either. There's another product that you can put in called um, um, sodium nitrate, saltpeter, that you can put in holes in the stump too, and then you set the stump afire, and all that does is set the mulch on fire, and then the mulch sets the house on fire. That doesn't seem to work all that yeah. well, and your, your neighbors don't yeah, like but- the smoke either. Wendell, there's no real way to make a stump get get gone any faster than grinding it up or simply letting Mother Nature take her course. There's just nothing yes. that really works faster than Mother Nature doing her job. All righty. Yeah. One other question real quick. Hey, uh, 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 armadillos, huh. digging, up, digging up my yard. Yeah. What can I do? Um, how far out in the country do you live, Wendell? Uh, well, it was real far out in the country, but it built up so much. But yeah, uh, I'm uh, yeah, I'm six seven miles from Little Villarica. Yeah, if, if guns are legal, seriously, I'm, and I don't mean to be cruel, I don't mean to be an yeah, anti-animal well, person, but armadillos are not protected, and a, a good yes, gun sir. will take care of them. You can also live trap them, but even then, the law says you need to euthanize them. So either way, the armadillos well, I, going to be I, I got gone. no problem doing that, just sitting up all night. Wait on them to show up, uh, but what can I use for bait for a trap? Not, you know, the traps, they found that if you just take a V-trap, a little fence or something, to guide them down into the trap, that's the easiest thing to do. And so there's no bait that really seems to work on them very well. Just make a trap that will um, be at the end of a fence so they walk down the fence and walk into the trap window. That's all I know to do with them. No bait that works at all. It's been a great Saturday morning. Crystal Wheeler screened our calls this morning because Ashley is off for a Saturday. Jason Byers, of course, chose our garden music, the best music that the garden show has in the world, right here on News Talk WSB. If you didn't get your question answered today, of course, go to my website, WalterReeves.com. You can follow me on Twitter, on Facebook. You can follow me on the uh, email newsletter. It comes out every other Thursday, and there's always something interesting there. Dave Baker's here in the studio right now. The Home Fixing Show is straight ahead. I will see you, my friends, next Saturday morning for another edition of Lawn and Garden. <laughs>